0% finance, 100% confidence. With a 212 Volkswagen Atla Hartz Volkswagen Kilkenny, we have new car offers including low-age PCP finance on a range of models, including the all-electric ID3, the iconic Golf and the new Tiguan, along with service plans at $12.99 per month. Visit lahartzvolkswagen.ie. Volkswagen. Finance provided by Volkswagen Financial Services Ireland and subject to lending criteria. Terms and conditions apply. With a look back over the weekend sport action, this is Full Time on KCLR with Eddie Scully. And you're very welcome to another edition of Full Time with myself, Eddie Scally. What a big weekend of sport we've just had. The European team at the Ryder Cup, very disappointing result there, beaten 19-9 by the US. Unfortunately, Harry, our main golf correspondent, is currently flying back from the States, so we won't be able to chat to him tonight. But outside of the golf, we had a massive weekend of sport in both Carlo and Kikenny, with Hurland and Football Championships both getting into the real hot action of time. But the other thing that was going on this weekend that was very, very important, of course, was horse racing. And I'm delighted to be joined on the line by my good friend, racing correspondent for Racing TV, Kevin O'Ryan. Kevin, good evening. Very good evening to you, Eddie. Great weekend's racing, wasn't it? It was brilliant. But, Kevin, I tell you, I want to start you with just a bit of breaking news that's just came to us in the last hour, and that's the retirement of St. Mark's Basilica from the going to Stud in Coolmore. Yes, I suppose it's not the biggest shock in the world. Uh, he's been, what, he's won five successive Group 1s. I thought he was brilliant in what was a great renewal of the Irish Champion Stakes at uh, Leperstown Longines Irish Champions Weekend. I know there's only a small field in it, but... Uh, there was a lot of quality, a lot of talking points before and afterwards. And obviously, he might have, the reason he hung so badly up the straight, he was obviously feeling uh, the injury that he picked up in the gallops that, uh, missed, uh, that obviously led to missing his engagement with the Judmont. But brilliant, brilliant horse, loads of speed, very exciting horse going forward to, uh, to stand, Studden Coolmore. Obviously, being by Sayuni, loads of speed. And then obviously, out of the Galileo mare, the best stallion we've ever seen. He's got the determination and stamina of uh, the Galileo line, but as I say, he's got the speed of Sayuni. It's a brilliant mix. He's going to be a very exciting prospect retiring to stud, and he was a brilliant, brilliant racehorse. So to see what Edna O'Brien said there on the uh, recently there that uh, he could be possibly the best horse he's ever trained. That's a fair statement coming out of Eden. Yeah, he's, he's been having a kind of a, a tough year this year. Uh, you know, obviously last week it was terrible news about Santa Barbara and then obviously Galileo as well. It's like It must be extremely tough on, on all the team at Coolmore when, when things like this happen. Oh, of course it has to be, you know, and there's so much pressure and, and uh, so much expectation as well. And uh, everybody thinks that Coolmore, Ballydale, they're going to have so many Group 1 winners every year that broke the record, what was it, 21, 22 or even 23 Group 1 winners a few years ago and they've set the bar so high that you know, they're expected to come up with that every year and uh, everybody knows uh, that that can't be done but uh, they've uh, obviously Santa Barbara, that was shocking for connections she was obviously going to be a very exciting mare when she retired to stud she was a very good mare in the race course and obviously the death of Galileo but he was getting on an age and and he was the best sire we've ever seen, and he's taken over from his own sire, Sadler, as well. As we all thought he was the best we saw. He rewrote the history books, and then along came Galileo, and he's totally rewrote the uh, uh, history books. But a brilliant, brilliant sire. His horses, they had so much stamina, speed, and the temperament. I think that was the key to them. Uh, they were rock solid. They were bomb-proof, uh, no flaws in them at all. And that's why St. Mark's Basilica is going to be very exciting on the stud. 
far to him over. They've won with some good two year olds Eddie over the last couple of weeks. The two year olds are really in top form now. Yeah, and I suppose we'll, we'll switch on to much happier times for, for the team at Coolmore. The first horse I want to talk to you, the Cheveley Park stud uh, race in, in Newmarket on Saturday is always a really big kind of indicator for the season ahead. And, and ten, ten, I'm going to pronounce this wrong anyway, ten, tenebrism. Um, tenebrism. Am I pronouncing it wrong, Kev? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be great at pronunciation, Daddy. Tenebrism, I'll call her anyway. So hopefully we meet in the middle. One of us was right. Yeah, but she was extremely impressive. I mean, last to first, it was absolutely unbelievable stuff. Wow, is all I can say about her. That was uh, the wow factor. I just couldn't believe how well she quickened. Uh, She's come from a long way back. Ryan Moore wrote her at loads of conference. And the speed she showed coming up out of that dip and uh, what was the second on Portis was it yeah. and uh, you knew inside the last hundred yards that she was always going to catch him and the ground she made up and like what a brilliant training performance by Edna Bryan as well remember we've only seen her once this year and that was uh, towards the end of March when she won her maiden at uh, Nace and I think on the second of her two year old race of the season second two year old race on turf uh, I was so so impressed by her and she is so so exciting going forward, and be interested to see where she goes next if she goes to uh, if she goes to America. But for me, that's the best performance we've seen out of a two-year-old this season, especially the Phillies. I think the call to Richard Fahey's uh, was very uh, was very impre- perfect power uh, when he won the middle pack of obviously from a bad draw on the and it was brilliant on him. And of course, he followed up his winning the Group One pre-morning. But Tenbrism, just the way she quickened and. The way she's finished off a race and hit the line, you wouldn't have any doubt that she's going to be able to step, step up and trip the way she's hit the line next season. But she's on, that was only her second start, I presume. I don't know. She could go to America for the Breeders' Cup. But uh, she's going to be really excited and forward to next season. Another horse that ran really well at the weekend, uh, coming second in the Judmont, was a horse that you'd know very well yourself, Castle Star there for the Fozzie Stack team. Yeah, he's run an absolute cracker, hasn't he? Uh, run a blinder. He's just come up against that good two-year-old, perfect power of, of Richard Fahey's. And uh, he's beaten him fair and square now. I know what was it, an egg half a length, half a length, I think was the winning margin in the end. But but uh, Richard Fahey's potentially is probably the best calls we've seen uh, so far this season. We'll come to another one now maybe in a minute. But uh, but I was very impressed with him. Castle Star has run an absolute cracker. He's beat. And he handed the ground. That's a big difference. The first time he's encountered really quick ground. Uh, he was very effective in winning the Marble Hill and that's a very testing ground early on in the season. But uh, and obviously coming down off that hill into the dip of quick ground in Newmarket, he might he didn't get the clearest of passages, it was a bit of a rough race, but to be fair the winner was on his outside all the way. If he got a cleaner run, would he have beaten the winner? For me no he wouldn't. I thought the best Austin today won. And uh, I just think he's kind of left up a sleeve. The winner might want to go any further, interesting to see hear what uh, Sumian said after winning on him, he's got loads of pace and he said he's a horse who might get much further. Uh, then seven could be his ideal trip. But uh, I'd say Castle Star around an absolute cracker in second uh, for Posse Stack. Finishing second in a, in a Group 1 middle park was his career highlight to us. And then closer to home then in, in, in the Carraway, the Burrisford Stakes this weekend, another big indicator for the young horses coming forward. And the one that I looked at there was Luxembourg. Uh, extremely impressive. Yeah, he was. I was very impressed that he won his maiden under Michael Hussey at Killarney and his only run prior to win the Beresford. He's going to learn a lot from it. And obviously the way Shamey rode him as well, he's 
he jumped out of the gate and he's taken a pull at him and he rode him with the utmost of confidence and obviously the plan going out was was right try and educate this lad try and teach him plenty because as I say he wouldn't have made he wouldn't have learned very much from that winning Killarney and obviously going forward he, you know it's a big step up from uh, a maiden as we all know into group company and you could see exactly what Shane is doing as soon as the gate's open he's taken the pull he's dropped him in he's last most of the way and he's just got him to relax and then asking to quicken and teaching something you know what I mean because obviously it was running a lot quicker gallop and he learned plenty from it he was very very green still raw uh, he's a big individual and I'd say all he's going to do is improve over the winter it'd be interesting to see if he does go I'd imagine he'll go to the maturity uh, that seems to be a tried and tested formula by Valley Dial after the horses have won the likes of the Beresford and uh, I'd say this, uh, he, uh, there's no doubt about it he's going to keep on improving Strength of depth in behind in the race could be questionable how strong a renewal it was, but all you can do is beat what's put in front of you. I love the way he kept quickening all the way to the line. Carried his head a shade high, but I'd put that down to greenness more so than anything. And just in shame, he's asked him to go uh, and put the bet, the race to bed. He just ran around a bit, but as I say, it was like he didn't really come off the bright of the day he won in Killarney. And I'd imagine it was just down to greenness, and I can see this horse improving dramatically. Uh, as he steps up along, I'd imagine it'd be one more run for the season for charity, maybe. And is it a derby horse for next year? He could well be. He's going to be, look, he's going to be top of the market for, probably is at the moment, for the derby. Uh, anti-post markets, uh, <laughs> you need a lot of water to go under the bridge between now and the derby, and I never really read too much in the anti-post market this far in advance. Uh, but uh, if he goes and wins the maturity, He's going to be top of the market for the Derby, and uh, obviously he'll be a very exciting horse during the winter. But I'd imagine he's going to he's going to improve a lot, and that's why I've only seen him twice as well, Eddie, because he is quite a big individual, quite still un- unfurnished, and a lot of improvement to come from both physically and mentally. And you could see that in the way he raced the other day, and you could see that in the way that they rode him the other day. Obviously, Aidan's instruction to Shane, he'll teach this lad something today. He'll learn a lot from that, but I love the way he kept quick in the way to the line. And uh, I'd say he's just going to keep on improving. The the only other horse I want to ask you about from the weekend is is a horse that I that I love myself, but I don't think it gets enough credit. Is Search for a Song won again? It won the Lock 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 Brown Stakes in the Curragh on Sunday. Really impressive. Don't know how deep the race was either, but you know, like he's after winning. A, was it two cent ledgers? Search for songs after winning at this stage. Yeah, she's won two cent ledgers. She won her first cent ledger on the Chris Hayes. Very, very keen that day. I agree with you. This filly doesn't get the, 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 all the credit that she deserves. But, see, that's what happens when they're ledger winners, you see. Uh, that's what I always feel, anyway. That ledger winners isn't get obviously, the same credit as some of the other classic winners. But to go and win two uh, ledgers in succession, uh, she's a lightly raised filly as well. She's quite a light-framed individual. She is quite tall, plenty of size about her, but she is a quite light-framed filly. Hence, we haven't seen her that often in her career she used to be very very keen uh, early on in her career she's now started to settle extremely well she's a filly who probably only comes into herself this time of year as well but I thought she was going to be very hard to beat yesterday she's a filly who stays really well didn't she run the Tattersall's Gold Cup early on in the season trip was too short for her and she's had very little racing this season and I'd imagine she probably improved from I know she didn't need to improve from her run in the ledger, this year's ledger. You could say she was a fraction disappointed, but I think she'd have hauled up in between runs before the ledger. 
And I'd say she was just spot on yesterday. As you said, there probably wasn't a lot of strength and depth in it. The Mediterranean probably ran below his, uh, definitely ran below his uh, uh, St. Ledger run in Doncaster. But this affiliate, she's just there with speed, if that makes sense. She's a bit of class about her as well. And it'll be interesting. I'd imagine she'll end up going to, uh, to Ascot for Champions Day. Uh, she loves a good eat. Well, she's quite versatile with guard ground as well. It'll be interesting to see if she's kept in training next season as well. But we don't see her that often because she's a filly who doesn't take that much racing. Because as I say, she's quite a light. Although she's a big filly, she's quite a light filly. And if you see her in the parade and all that, she doesn't carry a whole pile of condition. She does train up quite light. But I agree with you. She's a filly who doesn't get the credit she deserves. And it takes a very good animal to win two St. Ledgers. And uh, she was very good yesterday. Settled really well. And great for Mike Lair as well. The massive supporters of Irish racing. And uh, I'd say good time performance well for Dermotwell to have her back in top top game yesterday. Yeah, 100%. And we'll actually stay in that stable now as we look ahead to next weekend's. Obviously, there's high-class racing uh, at home here in Ireland at Gorham Park out Friday and Saturday. But obviously, the biggest race of, of one of the biggest races of the whole year is on Sunday, of course, in, in, in Paris Longchamp. And we've the, the Prix de l'Arc, the Triumph, Dermot Wells saddling the favourite there in Taranawa. Yeah, she's, she deserves to be favourite. I do think she's going to take a lot of beating. And I think stepping back up in trip. Uh, is right up her street. For me, I thought she's run an absolute cracker to probably one of the best middle distance coldness, uh, one of the quarter horses that we've seen in quite a few years in St. Max Basilica uh, in the Champion Stakes. The race wasn't run to suit her. Uh, I thought beforehand, for me, I would have liked to have seen her possibly make the running because the drop back to a mile and a quarter was never going to play to her strengths. Well, it was always going to play to St. Mark Basilica's strengths. And uh, because he was the confirmed mile and a quarter horse, he's a electrifying turn of foot as well. Uh, so it didn't matter how steadily the race was going to be run. The more steadier it was going to be run, the more it was going to suit St. Mark's Basilica. And uh, I'd have loved to have seen this silly making the run to make more use of her. And obviously that was Colin Keane's instructions not to make the running. Hence, he rolled it that way that day. She's run a cracker. She's just beat. She was brought across the track, but she's lost little in defeat. I think to step back up to a mile and a half. Remember, this is only her third start this season. Uh, she's already won uh, the Vermont, obviously, last season as well. And uh, she comes into her own this time of year. She's had three-time Group 1 winner already. It was always the plan and not a campaign with the arc as the main target. Uh, I think she's going to take a lot of beating. I think she is the one they have to beat. I think she's the right favourite. I'm very afraid of Adair of uh, Adair. Sorry, I probably pronounced that wrong. Of Godolphin. Interesting that William Buick has picked him over Hurricane Lane, and of course Adair finished in front of Hurricane Lane in uh, the Epsom Derby, and he was a brilliant winner of a King George as well. Hurricane Lane. Then uh, he was obviously uh, Irish Derby winner, but then uh, went and won the uh, Grand Prix de Paris. And then followed up in an impressive uh, fashion in the English St. Ledger. If you backed him in the English St. Ledger, you never had a moment to worry. You call him the winner all the way around. And if anything, he has kept improving visually. That, to me, was his best performance of the season. And he's a horse that's improving in each run. But William Buick has chosen the stable companion, Adair. And for me, that is very hard to get away from. William Buick rarely makes it, calls it wrong. And he's a very, very intriguing runner. And then, of course, you've got Aidan Snowfall. The Vermont wasn't going to suit her. 
they went steady. She was ridden quite patiently. Uh, the race just didn't unfold the way it would uh, the way it would have ideally liked for her. She's going to be a big player. Love to me needs to improve in what she's done. Blanford Stakes, Le Petit Coco. Uh, obviously, she was given Le Petit Coco way to way that day. She's an improving filly. She just got chinned on the line. And uh, then, obviously, you've got a couple of French fillies. And you've got an intriguing runner as well from Japan, uh, Chrono Genesis, who bids to uh, win off such a long layoff. But now, I wouldn't be too au fait with the Japanese form. But, uh, as I say... She's a very good middle-distance filly in Japan. Uh, the, the Japanese have hit the crossbar on a couple of occasions in the Crete Lark, the trio. And that just gives a, a, what is a brilliant race, uh, another twist and, and, and uh, a great bit of spice with another Japanese runner of it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's definitely going to be an intriguing battle. And I think everybody in horse racing would love the Japanese to win an arc, the trio for a champion stakes because they just, they, they, they absolutely love the racing in Japan. And, you know, this is one of the marquee races in world racing. But I suppose if I had to put the gun to the head there now, I'd say Hart and Hedge are both putting both of them on, on Tarnow, are you? I am. I just think she's a very, very good filly. And she'll be brilliantly trained by Dermot Weld, as has been the case. And no better man to, to have a horse spot on for a big day he makes a plan and I just think her run in a ra- her run in the Irish champion stakes over a trip short of her best uh, and the way she was ridden that then as I say it was obviously tight. Colin Keane was told to drop this filly in but back up to a mile and a half she loves the knees in the ground it's only her third run of the season she's won round France I just think this filly's going to be very, very hard to beat back up over the trip because she was always going to be uh, susceptible and vulnerable over the mile and a quarter trip uh, in the Irish Champion Stakes. And to get so close to one of the best mile and a quarter horses that we've seen in recent years, St. Mark's Basilica, over a trip short of her best, well, he was at his right trip in the race that was run perfectly for him. I just think she's the favourite that they all have to be. And just keeping in French racing as well, last year Tony Mullins won the, the big race on the Saturday, if I'm not mistaken, with Princess Zoe. I assume Princess Zoe will be targeting that race again this next weekend coming on the Saturday. I'm nearly certain, Mr. Cadron, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm nearly certain. I, I think that's the plan, Eddie. Uh, you caught me on the hop there, but I'm nearly 100% certain she's, uh, that's the plan with her. And it wouldn't be brilliant because it was brilliant last season. Great for Tony Mullins as well. Paddy Kyo, the owner, Joy Sheridan, his uh, maiden Group 1 victory. And he was claiming five at the time. And uh, it, it was brilliant. Brilliant for racing as well because uh, let's see Tony having a really good mare and uh, obviously a big following as well behind that's what racing is all about and uh, and to have those winners on the international scale just endorses how competitive Irish racing is and we're one of the best jurisdictions in the world for both flat and jump racing and hence we have so many successes worldwide on the international scale and uh, that's why it's such an important industry in Ireland and just the very last thing I'll put to you there just before I let you go and thank you so much for your time again Kevin you have the PWC champion chase weekend at Gorham Park obviously we've listed action on Friday with the Pat Walsh uh, Mayor's Hurdle and we've the Muck and Meg listed Mayor's Bumper but on Saturday the feature race of the day is the PWC champion chase uh, any whispers around at the moment I know the entries aren't in until tomorrow but anything that we should be looking out for or what are you hoping for? Uh, 
Ah, look, it's always a great renewal. I hope this, and obviously you're the manager already, so uh, it's all about is there going to be much rain coming because uh, obviously we had a good bit of rain yesterday, but it's, it's been uh, a very unusual dry uh, autumn time. And I always feel that this weekend, uh, the two-day meeting at Gorn, which is always a cracking, cracking uh, meeting, that's the sign that the winter is starting because uh, we now start to see the good jumpers coming out and Henry de Brom had all, has a fantastic record in the race. He farmed it with Sizing Europe. Uh, I think Sizing... Did he Sizing Europe with it three or four times? Four times in a row, yeah. Four times in a row. Uh, easy game has won it. Uh, be interested to see if Royal Rendezvous runs in it. And uh, put the kettle on. She could be an interesting one as well. She was due to run it last year, I think, was she? Yeah, ground conditions were deemed a little bit too quick. Won't happen this year, though. <laughs> and what is the forecast of the week is there much rain forecast Eddie, for you? yeah well in between the showers Kevin we're raining ourselves so we'll make sure that it'll be proper safe jumping ground on Saturday and Friday ah great yeah but you know what it's always a great meeting those two days that both at the, that two day meeting at Gorham Park and great to have crowds back again as well so I'd imagine there'll be plenty of people there and you know the people love coming out the locals love coming to support Gorham it's a great day out and as we all know, they're always very well looked after there. And uh, as I say, for me, it's always the start of the winter uh, starting to appear when this two-day meeting comes up. And we've seen some great finishes and some great performers. Uh, and horses have gone on then and won at Cheltenham and that. And uh, the big festivals for the rest of the season winning it going. And that bumper's always a very good bumper as well. Throws up a couple, it takes a very good mare to win that bumper. And... Uh, no, there's always there's always a good uh, there's always a good atmosphere there, and as I say, it's a sign of the winter coming around. Kevin, as always, it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thanks a million for taking my call. In, enjoy the sales there for the rest of the week, and I'll see you at the weekend in Gorham Park. Look forward to Gorham Friday, Saturday, any time. Pleasure as always. That is, of course, Kevin O'Ryan of Racing TV there chatting us through everything looking ahead to next weekend's group action in France and, of course, the PwC Champion Chase Day in Gorham Park. Right there, Owen has given me a dirty look because I haven't taken an ad break yet, but we're going to take one right now. And you're very welcome back to Full Time on KCLR. Now we switch our attentions to all ting senior football in Carlow and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by my great friend, Brendan Hennessy. Brendan, feast the football in Carlow this weekend. There was, Eddie, and before I do start, I can confirm for yourself and Kevin, Tony's horse is going in France on Saturday. It was with Tony yesterday, and uh, loading up tomorrow and on the way over for the Cadre. Two to one favourite on Saturday, so best of luck to Princess Zoe. Yeah, it could be <laughs> exciting for us. We, we we got to see her win last year in Gorham Park on PwC Champion yes. Day, but there was no one there. there yeah. Uh, yeah. So we were just sitting looking at it on a television, myself and Kevin on our own, but hopefully this yeah. year we'll be surrounded by, by people taking money off bookmakers when she wins with a bit of luck. Yeah, well, I hope you, I hope you have a great day down there Saturday Sunday. I, I always admire Kevin, he's an amazing man. You hit him with a few questions there, not knowing what was coming about Gorn's head, and he named off horses that's going to be running there. He didn't even see on a piece of paper. The man is a genius. <laughs> he's listening to him, he's brilliant. <laughs> ah, he's, he's a good guy, he's a good he's guy. Uh, Brendan, just on the football side of things, I'm just going to throw out a few of the results, and I want to talk to you about some of the games. The first one yep. is Aerog versus O'Hanrahan's 7 13 to 8 points. Yeah, very competitive in the opening quarter, Eddie, but O'Hanrahan's fell away and Airog showed their class. And in saying that, Airog would be the first to tell you that they could have played a hell of a lot better. They're the two bad wides. But uh, O'Hanrahan's just weren't up to the, uh, to the standard required in the end. They will be very disappointed because they prepared very, very well for it. But uh, Airog, bit of class. Ross Dunphy finished with two goals, put a bit of space between them in the second quarter. And then the goals just came in the points. They had a few bad wides, but Airog dominated then from the second quarter on. 
and there was no way back for O'Hanlon. So they know they'll have to go back to the drawing board, but uh, it could be a tough enough championship for them. But Aeroga, Aeroga, they're the, they're the strong favourites to win the Carlo Championship. And uh, while I say they played well, there is room for improvement. This were had it been playing a tougher opposition. But uh, O'Hanlon's are doing great work, Eddie. It's not going to happen overnight for them. Uh, there were two great people in the club, but it's just unfortunate that the uh, result didn't. Uh, it wasn't as close as they would have liked the other night. But Aerog just blew them away in the end. The other game in that group was between Tin Ryland and Palatine. Much closer affair. Nine points to Tin Ryland, one eleven Palatine. Um, you know that that group is shaping up there now. Palatine and Aerog are going to be obviously fighting it out to win that group. Yeah, well, that, that, that'll be a good match this weekend. Um, I wasn't actually at the Palatine Ryland match, but heard a lot about it. And Tin Ryland would always plan well for the local championship in Carlo and there's a team that would have great tradition but uh, there, there's a famine and it's a long time since they've won it but they they started well uh, they played well enough but uh, they got caught in the end and Palatine probably that little bit stronger and it would have been as local derbies go it's as local as it would get and there'd be a bit of a there'd be a bit of a nice niggle we'll say it wouldn't be there wouldn't be much but it'd be a great rivalry is the word I'm looking for it'd be a great rivalry there but Palatine have produced a few very good young players over the last number of years and I think it's standing to them at the moment because of a bit of experience and uh, about Tin Ryland they will get a few results but um, they always come into the championship well prepared but it just didn't work out for them the other night and Palatine got the win and in the groups just before I go on to group one uh, Brendan so right now we've got Air Ogre top of the group Palatine second in the group Tin Ryland are third and O'Hanrahan's are, are fourth in that group like for the knockout championship stages they all play each other once in the league championship and then is it a yeah. case of fourth place in group two will play first place in group one or is it a relegation between the two fourth place teams I think I think it could Eddie, you, you could have me there I think it could be a relegation of the two fourth place teams because um, the O'Hanrahan's came up from intermediate last year so I haven't heard on what way it's going this year and uh, I think that's the way it could work out but um they, they, what, the point they make at the start with a hundred playing the other night, the one thing they will, will want to avoid is relegation. So it will it will come down to that. Uh, so there's five in one group and there's four in the other groups. There's nine senior teams in it this year. So that's the way it is at the moment. Yeah, and then in, into Group One, which is a group of five, it looks a far closer affair in this group. But the first game, O'Loughlin two twelve, Balnebrana thirteen points, close enough game. Yeah, it was the game of the weekend. We covered that the other night. It was the game of the weekend. There were two teams that had a go for it. And to be fair to Balnebrana, when there was a bit of distance on the on the scoreboard with old Lachlan, uh, making a bit of space on the scoreboard, they came back. And uh, there wasn't a lot in it in the end. Uh, very, very competitive, up and down the field stuff. And both teams played a nice brand of football. Balnebrana will be disappointed. Old Lachlan will be very happy. And to know themselves, there's probably room for a little bit of improvement. But both of them played a lovely brand of football. And uh, it was very attractive. And there was a lovely crowd there to see it as well. There was a great attendance in Netwatch Cullen Park to see it and everybody was very happy with the standard of football that was played there was none it was completely different in the Radville Mount Leinster Rangers match yesterday where Rangers put a lot of lads behind the ball and nearly reeled in Radville in the end but the other night they went, both teams went for it all Lachlan and Balnebrana and admitted for a very very exciting counter with some lovely scores kicked and um, the highlight was the was the goalkeeper kicking 3.45 so there's not so often that happens and he went for the fourth and didn't get it so that was one of the highlights of the game but um, no, Lachlan were the better team. But uh, Balnebrana would probably cause one or two problems along the way, also. Yeah, I, I, I listened to the game between Mount Leinster Rangers and Raffili. I did tune in for that, and at, kind of at half time, I thought, you know, well, this game's over anyway. Um, I thought Raffili yeah, were just going to one, yeah, yeah. And I, I like, I, I couldn't see any other thing other than Raffili kicking on even further in the second half. But they just didn't come out for the second half at all. And Mount Leinster Rangers probably left it behind them. 
Yeah, Razvili got a penalty. Uh, Brian Murphy scored a penalty, and, and Rangers outscored him in the second half. I think they outscored him, but worked out at one four to one one. That's uh, what they outscored in the second half. But Razvili were leading by seven to one. But for me, probably Johnny Neville said it in his post-match interview that um, that probably all ninety percent of that team had played in the county hurling final last week, and he said it was just about getting to the pace of playing the football. With the slitter travelling so far in the hurling, there's plenty of ground to be covered when you're playing football, even though people say it's a slower game. So it just just took them a little while to adapt. Now. Radvili played well, held on to possession very well. They kicked some beautiful scores. Brian Murphy was very good at full forward. Brendan kicked two lovely ones. Kevin, Kevin Murphy, uh, Brian Smith. Brian played very well in the corner. And they defended quite well and they moved the ball together. But they probably over-elaborated a little bit and didn't put the killer blow on the match. And they allowed Rangers back into it. When John Nolan got the goal then, he scored a cracking goal after a free from Dermot Byrne where he went low looking for a goal and he didn't connect with it properly. But it brought back out to John in the 20-metre line and he just hammered it uh, long distance and put it past Tom Pilgrim and so that set it up but other than that it was Dermot Bourne who kept him in the game with freeze he had four freeze um, Tony Lawler scored in the middle of the park and um, the goal was the turning point in the second half but Radville probably took their foot off the pedal a little bit and with a, with, a, with a deficit of seven points to one a lead in half time they did play well enough in the opening quarter of the second half but Rangers just started to improve as the game went on and the penalty at the end of the day was uh, probably the difference at the end but um, they, they ended up winning the match anyway. 1-8 uh, to 1-6, I think it finished. It was two between them in the end. And it's probably an unfair question after one week in school, but, you know, you've you've had one week of around the championships. Aero probably are favourites to win the championship. Is Who would you say are the main protagonists for county finals this year after after one week? If you were looking at it now, who would you give me as the top two I, I teams? The team we just mentioned, Radville will be there, thereabouts, uh, Eddie. They have, they have a bit of quality, they have a bit of experience, and they produce a few nice players. And the, the, like the experience I speak of is Barry John Malloy. Uh, Josh Moore was around a few years, but Josh is very young. He's, a, he's, a, he's an IT Carlo, he's on the IT Carlo team there in the college competition. With Brendan Murphy and Ed Finnegan in the middle of the park. And Brian Murphy at centre forward, and Brian Smith playing very well in corner forward. But you know, if Dara Curran in the back, still Paul Curran, nice, nice uh, two players in the full back line with experience. Barry John Malay, the start of Tom Pilkington in the goal yesterday. Robbie Malay is the current um, involved in the Carlow County team. He 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 didn't start yesterday. Tom started the goal, and Alan Kelly at centre forward. They have some lovely players, and the fact they're defeated in the twenty twenty uh, county final, which was only recently played, as you know, the world league champions as well. So on form. You'd have to say Radville will probably be there, but Palatine will fancy their chances. And from what I've seen from Old Lachlan the other night, I don't think Old Lachlan will be too far away uh, when push comes to shove at, at the end of the at the end of the campaign as well. That they kind of played very well the other night, moved the ball well, they took their scores well. And saying that, as I said, the Abana Brana put it up. Some, but for me, to answer your question, Radville and Aero would be the two contenders uh, for me at the moment, anyway. Brilliant. And Brendan, what games are you covering for us this weekend? I tell you, Stephen sent me an email today. I think Casey Lawrence more games from Sky Sports this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, have, we have four live matches from the Carlow Senior Football Championship. The Kilkenny Minor Hurling Final is on Saturday. There's senior matches in Kilkenny on Saturday. There's two senior hurling matches in Kilkenny on Sunday. There's a live Camogie match. And uh, we're in Carlow Friday night. It's Tin Ryland and O'Hanlon, if my memory serves right, on Friday night. They're Rogan Palatine is Saturday evening. And then you have Bagnus Town Gales. Uh, they're all out as uh, Bagnestone Gales are playing Radville. I don't know which way they are, but the Bagnestone Gales are playing Sunday, Radville are playing Sunday, uh, Old Lachlan and Mountlinster Rangers. So those four teams are out on Sunday. So we've a full whack of uh, Carlow matches as well, and uh, there's a big whack of matches coming from Kilkenny, including Camogie, Senior Hurling, and the minor final in Kilkenny is a big one on uh, Saturday afternoon. That's Dixborough and 
Hull or her Ross Perkin. Well, I, I won't. I won't be in Gorn. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brendan, I'd uh, love to be. I'd uh, love to be, or I'd love to be in France with Tony in the last book. <laughs> we won't be. We'll be, we'll be local. <laughs> well, Brendan, on that note, I'll let you kick up your feet and rest your voice for what's going to be a very, very busy weekend for you. Okay, thanks very much, Eddie. That's Thank brilliant. You. Thanks a million, Brendan. That is, of course, our own Brendan Hennessy just bringing you up to date. Just to give you the scores again very quickly, Aero Oak, 7-13, O'Hanrahan's 8 points, Tin Ryland, 9 points, Palatine, one eleven. There were the Group 2 games, and in the Group 1 games, it was O'Loughlin, two twelve, 12 13 points, and Mount Leinster Rangers, 1 goal and 6 points, Ratville, 1 goal and 8 points. That's you up to date now on everything to do with the Carlo Senior Football Championships, of course, the Michael Ling Motors Carlo Senior Football Championship. And on that note there, we're going to take a quick ad break. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartsskoda.ie. And you're very welcome back to Full Time on KCLR. And I'm delighted now to switch our attentions to the Kilkenny Hurling Championships. And joining me on the line is my full time pal who keeps me all informed on all these games, Mr. Robert Dowling. Robbie, good afternoon. Good evening at this stage. Good evening, thanks. Keep me in check there, Robbie. Fair juice yeah. for that. <laughs> uh, Robbie, I suppose the first thing, I may get this monkey off my back straight away. You got a prediction right for the first time, I'd say. I, I've never seen you get a prediction right, but you did say that you felt that Roar Inishtee could be beaten at the weekend I did unfortunately I just thought they'd be beaten again obviously it's a third consecutive defeat for them now and they're going into the championship on the back of um, a poor league run to say the least they obviously face a lot in Gales um, following their 23 points to 19 defeat against Venice Bridge at the weekend but to be honest with you Eddie, I think they go on the back of it um, with a decent performance against Venice Bridge they were in the game for long spells they actually led after the first quarter but I think what we're seeing in a lot of these games and the trend across senior intermediate, uh, not just in Kilkenny, but I think in Carlo as well in football and hurling, is at the end of the first quarter, maybe the so-called favourite team or the team that would have been behind um, after an early start from the underdog is coming into the game. So I think that water break is being used to the advantage uh, a lot more than maybe what it would have initially been thought that it could have been. So um, there's some good coaching and tactics obviously going on to change the momentum of games. And that's what Ben Spriggs did yesterday. They, they kind of ran into the ascendancy, 12 points, 11 up at half time, and then Steve just couldn't get back into it then, unfortunately, for them. But look, they're going to have a tough championship game. Every championship game is tough, but they'll, they'll come into it with a bit of confidence considering how well they performed against one of the main contenders for the county championship at Ben Spriggs. And the other game that was played in the senior championship, there was another match at the weekend. There was Mullen Nevat in their zone, 222 to 216. Uh, to Mullen Avat and that was a prediction I got badly wrong of course I tipped them to be kind of in a bit of relegation bother come the conclusion in the championship but they've been exceptional in the last two games disappointing on the Saturday night in their opening round against Clara but they O'Loughlin's and then follow it up this weekend with a really good victory against their zone down to 14 men for a lot of that actually and two points down I think going into the last 15 minutes so these games really are being split in quarters and you can see trends coming across all the games with a really good victory for them from Aaron's own perspective, disappointing one point from three games, a single draw against Greg Wally Callan, either side to defeat uh, to Dixborough and obviously Mullinavat on Saturday. So they played Tullerone as they did last year, Sunday at 4 o'clock, live on KCLR. I think um, they defeated Tullerone, of course, in Nolan Park last year by a single point in that championship game. And I expect it to be a tight encounter again, but you'd have to say Tullerone are coming in with confidence, far more momentum than their opponents are in zone of being disappointing to say the least and I would I would say if you're speaking to their management team or their players they would agree with that 
I think one point from three games is a poor run of form for a side who would have expected at least a single victory out of those out of league games. But it hasn't come to the fore, unfortunately, for them. So this weekend now we're looking forward to, we've got a Shield final between Mullinavat, who were, you know, they've been the big surprise package this year in the Championship, in fairness. But Mullinavat are playing James Stevens now on Saturday in the Shield final. I assume you're going for James Stevens in this game. Um, to be honest with you, I think it'll be a tight one. If you consider actually Downey got a draw against James Stevens in that last league game, a really close game, 12 points each um, in that one. And I think the Village have been really good so far. Obviously, their standout result would have been their three-point victory against Ballyhale Shamrocks in the second round. That would suggest that they're in really good form. But one thing I would say, I think a couple of sides have been slipping up against Mullinavas. I think O'Loughlin is impossibly on his own as well. Maybe think a bit of complacency coming into it, thinking that, like a lot of us, myself included, um, that they're one of the weaker sides in the championship, but they've been really good. They've obviously completely avoided relegation by finishing second. And finishing second in a really strong group, so I think it'll be a tighter affair than a lot of people expect. Ultimately, I think you look at the village, you look at the players that they have, the likes of Gilfoyle, Old Wire, Matthew Roos, um, experience, a really good blend of experience in you. I think they'll just, just about come out on top of that one, but I do expect it to be a closer affair than a lot of people think. And you're calling, you're going for a James Stevens by a very small margin. Yeah, I think I'll go for a two-score James Stevens victory, but it could easily be a one-score. could even go to extra time, I think, could be that tight. I think Mundavach, you can't write them off. I have before to my pearl. They called me out online, of course, the weekend, uh, Shane was mentioned on scoreline. So, rightfully so, I got that badly wrong, and they're a lot better than what I gave them credit for. So, I'll just about go for James Stevens, but a bit hesitantly. And Clara against Bennett's Bridge in the league final. Yeah, this will be an absolute cracker, I think, Eddie. I think by far the two best sides um, in the league so far, obviously that that turned out to be the case because they've topped their groups respectively. Um, really good form from both teams. Clara, two wins in the draw. That draw coming against Dixburn again that they probably should have won. And I think they probably would have won if it was one of those games that you needed to win, but they were happy enough to settle for a point. Bennett's Bridge couldn't ask for better form or results. Obviously, a really good um, win at the weekend against Rowan Steve that we were talking about a little earlier. Just a really kind of a professional performance for them from Tim Dooley's men because I think for a lot of that game, Rowan Steve was really in it, brought a lot of intensity to the game. But Ben Spridge just managed it well. Sean Morris, he was very good. Um, Nicky Clear from Freeze was absolute perk. Um, just a 100% record for him. That was a key to winning the game, actually, because it was a tight affair, only four point margin in it at the end. They're just coming in on the back of a really good form. They really built that up from that victory, opening round victory against Ballyhill Shamrocks, followed up with a really good win against the Downey in the second round, and obviously at the weekend again against the Steve. So I think this is just too tight to call it, and being honest with you, I might sit on the fence with this one, and that's okay. Uh, not going to go either way because I think these are two fantastic teams, and I think they'll at least be in semi finals, if not maybe even contesting the county final. Um, come October time but I think um, look this is just one that for the neutral you can really look forward to and for Clare and Bench Bridge supporters um, there's a trophy on the line that's always something to to be excited about uh, contesting a county final come October time and it's October on Saturday uh, Robbie just to let you know there just to keep you in the loop yeah. there you keep me up to date with evenings and I'll keep you up to date with months very quickly okay, I'm going to throw enough. these fixtures at you there uh, I would actually I, I'd be tipping Bennett's Bridge in that game against Clara I think it'll be close but I think Bennett's Bridge just have a little bit of an edge I have to press you on these yeah. ones very quick we've got these games have now turned into kind of first round championship but also relegation quarter finals as such yeah. so we've Greg Ballycallan versus Ballyhale Shamrocks yeah Ballyhale I don't think there's any way that Ballycallan can pull up them I think championship games 
tend to be tighter than league games maybe and you know you just never know in terms of anything can happen I suppose with the key set that's thrown out there but the Shamrocks I think are proved too powerful and they'll peak come challenge at times so I expect a, a healthy victory for Ballyhale Shamrocks Oh so. well, Lachlan Gales versus Roar in Yeah again I think Lachlan's will be too strong maybe I think the one thing that could come back to bite them maybe is a bit of complacency they had after their opening round of fee against Ballycannon I think they kind of walked out against Mullinabat expecting to win and got a rude away and Mullinabat was very good and deserved a victory that day so maybe that's the one thing going for the roar but they haven't been on great form their performance has improved as the league has gone on but I think O'Loughlin's again will prove too strong for them there so I think O'Loughlin and Ballyhale will have to take passage into the quarterfinals of the championship uh, Dixborough versus Liz Downey yeah, this is probably the one of the two that would be very tight to call. I think Dixborough were impressive in their first two games. They had a good win against Comer, followed up with a draw against Clara, who obviously progressed to a league final. But they were disappointed in their defeat against O'Loughlin. Having said that, I think they'll bounce back and prove. I think a bit of experience, obviously. You think back, they were the beaten finalists last year. They one of the strongest teams in Kilkenny from a kind of traditional perspective in comparison to the Downey, who are complete newcomers to the senior ranks. They've, they've really accounted for themselves well, I have to say, Eddie, but I think the borough will be too strong and they'll progress as well. But that'll be a close game, I think, closer than what a lot of people expect. And the very last one, and I've only got seconds here, Owen is waving his hands here like a madman. Aaron's own against Tullerone? I think I might be on the fence with this one. Single score victory either way, but I, I tell you, I'll go for it. I'll go for Tullerone. I think they'll get their uh, revenge from last year's one point defeat to Comer. So, Tullerone victory there. I have them all circled, Robbie. You make sure you have a helmet now when you're talking to me next week. You mind yourself. Thanks a million for taking the call, Robbie. Perfect. Thanks a million, Eddie. Have a good evening. That's it for full time this week. Thanks so much to Brendan Hennessy for his contribution tonight. Robbie Dowling on everything with Kenny Hurlan and, of course, Kevin O'Ryan on all things racing. I've been Eddie Scally. At La Hart Skoda Kilkenny, we have 0% PCP finance on a range of models of new Skodas for 212. Yes, that's 0% for a limited time only. With service plans from 12.99 per month, now is the time to order your new 212 Skoda at La Hart's. Visit laharts.ie or call 056-7704-700 to find out more about our great offers. Finance provided by Skoda Financial Services Ireland and subject to lending criteria. Terms and conditions apply.